0: ask yourself these three questions. One, do we want to emerge from this a weaker brand? Two, what happens if we go dark? And three, if there is a void, who will fill it? Successful brands are rooted in purpose and driven by the potential to make a positive impact on their customers. Welcome to the Pursuit of Purpose with Amy Austin. Each week, Amy brings you practical advice to embrace the power of purpose in all aspects of your business and transform it into the central storyline for your branding and marketing strategies. Welcome to the Favorites File for the month of April. It's been a really strange month, hasn't it? We're into, what, six, seven weeks now? I've lost track of social distancing shelter in place, depending on where you're at. I'm in Iowa. So a lot of things are closed, but we're not officially in a shelter in place situation. And there's a lot of debate as to whether or not we should, but I'm not going anywhere. Life is different. And I have noticed I'm consuming content much differently than what I had been previously. I'm not consuming as much of it in some ways, but in other ways, I'm consuming a lot more because I'm saying I'm consuming it differently, I also use that as an explanation of why you're only going to get two segments of this show as opposed to the three that I usually share. So the first one that I want to share is actually a tip that I shared in my Marketing in Minutes email support that I've been sending out. And if you're interested in, in subscribing to that, I'd love to be helping you in a, in a way that goes further than just the podcast. So you can subscribe to that by going to this bit.ly link, which it's bit.ly backslash mktg minutes. You'll just get a daily email from me. They're short with either some thoughts or some questions that you can ask yourself about how things are going Suggestions on how to move forward with marketing and advertising your business, how to develop out your brand a little bit more, taking some time for reflection on what you're doing and how to improve upon it or what maybe you need to change in what you're doing covers a lot of topics. But my main goal is for you to read it and come away with a feeling of confidence in the decision making that you're making during this time clarity, and consistency. Because those three things are so important to any marketing and branding communication that you do. So the tip I want to share with you today is that it is really tempting to go dark during this time. Stopping advertising or marketing of your services is really tempting to do. In fact, I've heard people suggest that you should try and do it as cheaply as possible. And maybe that maybe that is one way to look at it. But I would encourage you to ask yourself these three questions. One, do we want to emerge from this a weaker brand? Two, what happens if we go dark? And three, if there is a void, who will fill it? Let's talk about those three for a minute. Do you want to emerge from this a weaker brand? Personally, I think that's probably a no-brainer. Of course you don't want to emerge from this pandemic a weaker brand. You want to become a stronger brand. You want to be known for how you responded during this time because it is going to set the stage for your legacy. You will be remembered for how you responded and what you did or didn't do during the pandemic. So the second question, what happens if we go dark? If you stop marketing and advertising, promoting your business, what's going to happen? That means you have to know something about your audience, which I hope that you do. Let's just play that out for a moment. If you go dark, if you stop communicating, are they going to remember you? Are your customers and your clients so loyal that if you stop for a period of a month, six weeks, two months, three months, whatever this may end up being, and I'm not saying that I think it's going to be three months. I'm just giving you that parameter to think about. If you are not communicating with them, with your audience, for a period of time, what is going to happen? Think about when you don't hear about something for a period of time or say even for a week. Is that product or service or that person even top of mind the next week when you may have thought of them otherwise? How long does it take for us to forget? I know on average they say that it takes hearing a message seven, eight, nine times before it is retained. So if it takes that long for us to be retained, that means that if we go dark during this time frame right now, we are going to have to work way harder when we come back to achieve that place in the mindset of our customers again. So that third question, if there is a void, who will fill it? Who are the people out there that will take advantage of this, this time to communicate and fill the void that you are leaving by being silent. Did you know that businesses who continue to focus on marketing and branding during a recession can improve market share and return on investment at a lower cost than during good economic times? It's true. The Harvard Business Review published a research study that was conducted after the 2008 recession of how businesses did and those that continued to market and brand themselves throughout the recession had a better rebound than those who went silent. I'll link the article in the show notes. My advice to you, think about those three questions. Don't panic, reframe your goals, be of service, and remain empathetic. So as I mentioned before, that was a tip that I shared in one of my recent Marketing in Minutes messages that I've been sending out over the last month. If you would like to receive those, please feel free to subscribe. And you can do that at this link, which is bit.ly, B-I-T dot backslash marketing minute, M-K-T-G minute. Our collective lives have changed pretty significantly since March of 2020. Appointments of many types are now being done online, everything from regular meetings among colleagues to sales meetings to doctor's appointments, even sales consults for pools. If you want to hear more about that, listen to Marcus Sheridan and Douglas Burdett on the Marketing Book Podcast special episodes called Authors in Quarantine Having Cocktails. During that conversation, Sheridan talks about how his sales staff has seen how much more efficient and equally as effective a sales call is than meeting someone in person. This is something he had wanted to do, wanted his team to start for several years, but they resisted, like we all do when it comes to changing how we do things. But COVID forced them to change. During a training I was on a couple of weeks ago, the trainer talked about how his brother-in-law is an, an executive at a large corporation. Right now, everyone is working from home, and the company is not seeing any decrease in productivity. In fact, they are seeing the opposite. Productivity is going up. As a result, this executive thinks that they will never go back to that large office building in the same way as they were before. In fact, he predicts that they will be downsizing the amount of office space that they actually lease. Telehealth services have been available for many years, yet, many healthcare providers are just now starting to offer their services this way. After working in healthcare for a long time, I've heard many reasons why. Most of them are our patients want to be seen by a person, not via a computer, and that we cannot provide the same level of service as what we can in person. However, my husband just had a physical therapy appointment via Zoom, and it went really well. Again, COVID has pushed a traditionally slow industry to make changes to their delivery and to do so quickly. Anecdotally, I've heard how surprised providers are at how easily their patients are accepting of this new way of being seen, especially how appreciative the older population is at having this option available. I'm honestly not surprised by this. One of the last big projects with the health system I worked for was the implementation of the patient portal for their electronic health record. We assumed that the early adopters and frequent users of the technology would be young families with children. However, when the usage data started coming in, we were surprised to see that it was actually patients who were over the age of 60, lived a significant distance away from any of the facilities, and had multiple health concerns. The patient portal made it easier for them to communicate with their provider and eliminated the need for multiple trips. It made the patient's life easier. Our assumption was based on those who we thought would embrace the technology, but that was not the problem needing to be solved. Technology was not the solution. The problem was how many times frequent users of the healthcare system needed to be seen which involved a lot of trips and parking headaches and waiting room times. Communicating being the patient portal eliminated a significant portion of some of those trips. And now telehealth is offering the same type of solution. There was a rural clinic near me in Iowa who knew their patient population may not have the technology to uh, take advantage of the telehealth services. So they brought the technology to them in their cars in the parking lot of the clinic. For those patients who needed to be seen and didn't have technology at home, they could drive to the clinic, text when they arrived, and a member of the staff would bring a tablet to them in their car and the appointment would happen there, rather than in the clinic building. Just today, I saw that a phlebotomist met a patient curbside, did the finger prick blood draw the patient needed to verify if the blood thinners were working without ever needing to get out of the car. Real estate is still being bought and sold. But how is that possible? In order to know if you want to buy a house, you need to be in the house. That's very true. But now realtors are doing virtual tours, either via video or still photos. Through this, the buyer is able to determine which houses they really want to see and which they don't want to see. Effectively and efficiently narrowing down the number of houses they actually want to look at. I'm guessing that this is a much more efficient way of showing houses for both the realtor and the home buyers and the home sellers because then they only need to leave their house when they have somebody who's truly interested coming to look at it. Look at how many restaurants are now offering delivery and curbside pickup. Delivery services, whether it's from a national program or a locally developed and managed service, are being kept very busy right now. And a lot of those restaurants maybe didn't do delivery or takeout before this. Another big change we're all experiencing is our kids taking classes from home. As parents who are not teachers, me included, we've had to figure out how to be supportive of our younger children and help them figure out how to navigate the online learning. It is a struggle, and I'm not gonna lie, (laughs) it's been challenging. Will we see more home learning opportunities for our kids once they are able to be back in the schools? A friend of mine who is a teacher has predicted that there will never be another snow or bad weather day again. Why stop learning because of weather? This experience has, so far, proven that children can participate in school from home. Time will tell if the learning experience and retention is the same, and now there is a collective groan from all of our kids who hope for the superintendent's call canceling school whenever a blizzard or heavy snow is predicted. As a business, understanding the problems your clients need to solve is critical. The pandemic has forced a number of businesses and services to take a focused look at how they solve the problem and delivery of the solution in a way that meets the standards of keeping everyone healthy. It's changed the context of the problem. And that context is one we need to keep in mind. How many of these adjustments in how we do business will remain once the fear of the COVID-19 virus is lessened? It's hard to predict, but one thing is abundantly clear. Putting your client at the center of how you are offering services is going to be expected at a greater level than ever before. We are changing the way experiences happen with our businesses. How are you going to respond? And how are you going to continue to respond to that increased need and increased desire for a higher level of experience? This has been the Pursuit of Purpose podcast presented by Austin Marketing. If you enjoyed the show, please be sure to leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast player. Head over to amyaustinmarketing.com for links and resources mentioned in today's show, as well as ways to subscribe and connect with Amy. Thanks for listening.